This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening, and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name is Dave McMorrin, and this week, by Zoom, our guest is Kavindra Vijanayaka. I've been practicing this. Is that all right? Hello. Hi, Kavi. We'll go with Kavi from now on. How are you, Kavi? Hi there. How are you? Uh, first of all, like, I want to thank you for inviting me for this uh, special radio show that you are um, doing. I mean, um, it has been, I I was, have been, like, I always have been a fan of that. And I've gone through, like, a uh, couple of the, uh, the chapters that you did, I mean, uh, basically before. And, yeah, I'm doing perfectly uh, fine. And because of, like, my thesis, finished with the i mean and also i faced the examination so everything is done and yeah you're a relaxed man yeah well before we get into what you've been doing for your research um let's play a bit of music what's the first piece that you've brought along um always one of my top songs that i've always loved is iris by google dogs and i think it's a like like i can there's no person who doesn't know the song, so I mean, yeah. And I'd give up forever to touch you Cause I know that you feel me somehow You're the closest to heaven that I'll ever and I don't want to go home right now And all I could taste is this moment And all I can breathe is your life And sooner or later it's over I just don't want to miss you tonight And I don't want the world to see me Cause I don't think
You're listening to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, where this week we're talking to Carvey about the PhD in chemistry that he has recently completed at Otago University. But before we get into the research, uh, how is it that you ended up at Otago? Because you're not from Dunedin originally, I'm guessing. No. So, uh, uh, so like my hometown is Colombo. Right. Uh, in Sri Lanka, and um, like uh, how I got here is a really, really long story. But I'll try to make it in a more short way, which I can like you know talk about it like so much time. But um, yeah, um, so I did my undergrad, like uh, my bachelor's uh, degree at uh, University of Sri Jayawardenepura. It's again a long name, but uh, one of the top universities in Sri Lanka. For chemistry and um, from there onwards like um, uh, after like I got it like after I saw that where I want to go doing while I was doing my bachelor's I had a target of uh, being end up in forensic chemistry so um, and then I wanted to find I mean I always loved as I mean especially Sri Lankans love New Zealand as a country so itself and the people and the culture that New Zealand has itself. So, um, so I was trying to apply for New Zealand uh, from there onwards, as well as uh, my second country was England, where I wanted to go as well. So, um, so those two countries I targeted, and then somehow I got here. And uh, like um, I um, like any kind of like a dream came true. So yeah, that's how I started. So you had a background then in forensics, and so and that's kind of what you've been doing for your PhD, right? Sort of a, from a chemistry approach, at least in forensic science. I mean, that's a really good question, Dave. Uh, so, from chemistry perspective in Sri Lanka, we didn't have a forensic chemistry part being done. So I had a target to bring forensic chemistry into Sri Lanka and introduce it as a, a part of our uh, bachelor's degree for the upcoming students. So, and that is kind of like an academic goal that I have in my head, but as well as the industrial uh, goal to apply the uh, forensic chemistry into forensic cases to solve crimes, which always I have, a, I had a big tenacity towards it. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you been solving crimes then for your PhD or has it been a different sort of thing? 
during the PhD, I was involved in, uh, I mean, I was fortunate to be involved in some of, some of the research work behind uh, some of the cases, which are like uh, regarding food fraud. Yeah. And then um, uh, as well as uh, some human traceability using uh, hair samples. So, um, yeah, like what we do for our forensic chemistry in, uh, I mean, which directs to my PhD as well. The, there's a, me- a method called chemical fingerprinting, and which is one which I was so excited about to learn when I came here. And um, yeah, and that's how I started my PhD. And while I'm doing PhD, I was involved on those kinds of cases. Okay. So, so for the person in the street, what is chemical fingerprinting? Perfect. So how would I be able to tell this in the easiest way would be um, chemical fingerprinting. Now, normally uh, any human has a fingerprint in, our, in their 10 fingers, in their hands, right? Normally we use the thumb, but if you take as a chemical fingerprint, every person has a unique fingerprint for each other. But putting the adjective chemical in front of it, gives a same similar kind of idea which we do for which we which like let's say if i take milk for instance which involved in my phd um any milk that is produced in new zealand is unique has a unique chemical fingerprinting purely based on where the uh, the climate and the geological variances where the milk is coming from let's say if a cow eats grass from a geological uh, i mean i mean from a from a from a from a geographical perspective from a farm and the underlying geology gives whatever the grass is eaten by the cow that trace elements or any other isotope uh, chemical isotopes goes to the milk and that that that, that gets embedded in the milk and whatever the uh, water that is drink, drunk by cow also comes from the climate kind of uh, indication i mean indicative of the climate variation so the rainfall and then that goes to the milk. So that creates a unique chemical fingerprint in the milk. And that is specifically will be based on the geology and the climate variances that any region or province or up to the country level that can be distinguished. So this means yeah. then that you can work out um, where the milk's from because you can work out where the cows must have lived. Exactly. Yes. So like that, um, you can apply for any food product, uh, milk, I mean, any horticulture product. And then uh, when it comes to uh, like other, uh, like especially in fashion, cotton, Mm. that is another part. So all the agriculture products uh, and any meat products, uh, like anything, wood, all the stuff that is grown around the, uh, in the environment around us can be think of it, especially humans as well. And this is a big deal for New Zealand, I suppose, because we, we rely quite a lot on the brand, the New Zealand, made in New Zealand brand um, for our exports. And so you have to have a way of knowing that it really is made in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah because uh, that's a really good point, uh, Dave, because uh, New Zealand accounts for like 20 billion uh, New Zealand dollars worth annual revenue. And then... Um, for from from dairy exports so that kind of like and and the world global food fraud accounts for above 40 billion so that is even more than like some of the country's economies Mm. around the world so uh and and using this chemical fingerprinting 
we kind of have the uh, upper hand of uh, kind of like so, uh, identifying any mislabeling in the adulteration product because if something is mixed to the product that is not that is claiming to be coming from then that fingerprint is getting kind of like uh, like altered into a different fingerprint because of a new uh, component that, I mean foreign component coming into the yeah. product so and yeah so if you're if you're really, taking something made in New Zealand but then mixing it with something else to to end up with more of it, then you can tell yeah. that as well. Exactly, especially like when you take milk. Let's say you can if it's a milk it's itself. A lot of products are sold as diluted mm. products, taken out the uh, components, and sometimes when you have milk powder, mm. then because milk powder goes through a lot of processes that they take out the uh, protein fractions, they come the fat spread, and then. Like especially when you're dealing with uh, like uh, infant formula, so that's something to also again think about. And um, and this this takes back to my memories where the food fraud got what lot of attention from the world was the 2008 melamine case. So yeah, um, yeah. and this really um, uh, helps to protect uh, local as well as foreign brands of food to all the other big brands in food and uh, fashion and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I think I read somewhere, or maybe I heard it from you, about orange juice as well, orange juice concentrate, which I didn't know was a thing until I went to live in America and discovered that orange juice concentrate is absolutely a thing. Um, exactly. Then this would be another way to make sure that what you what you what what they're concentrating down is just from a particular source. And Yeah, yeah, because because uh, sometimes they take, uh, from my, according to my knowledge on orange juice stuff, uh, they sometimes use different sugars as well. Mm. So they take the prime sugars and they take, uh, and, and especially this is another case that uh, New Zealand is dealing with, with Manuka honey. Mm. Um, um, so uh, for honey, they take C4. Uh, I mean, uh, like there's, there's C4, C3 sugar kind of a problem that is going on, which you cannot authenticate what is the real sugar is in the Manuka honey. So yeah, there's a lot of, lot of research going on with different, like this is called the chem. The, I mean, if you really go down to this one, the technique is called compound specific chemical fingerprinting, where the compounds are proteins, sugar, anything that can be mixed. Right. Yeah. So, what's involved then, from an experimental point of view, or you know, in the lab, if you want to test some milk to work out what its fingerprint is, is it just squirting it into machines, or what's actually involved? Uh, yeah. So the uh, main machine that involves in here is called isotope ratio mass spectrometer. So uh, the technique is iso isotope ratio mass spectrometry, which stands for IRMS. Uh, so it's mainly mass spectrometer uh, that is used different by like, it's the only thing that differs is we have like uh, kind of like, what do you call that? Um, introduction of the sample is different. You can apply a GC column which again called as GCIRMS yeah. to separate any kind of like if you are measuring fatty acids for isotope ratios, then you have to um, differentiate fatty acids right. from GC or otherwise uh, normally you can use bulk sample. Let's say for an instance, milk products. If you want to analyze the bulk milk powder, the fingerprint, what we do is we um, freeze dry. If it, if it comes as milk itself as a liquid version, then we freeze dry it. And then we take the uh, uh, solid part and then we weigh into a, uh, like, it depends on the um, 
analysis that you want, whether you want to measure oxygen, hydrogen, or whether you want to measure carbon and nitrogen. So depending on that, you measure it into a, a silver or a tin cup, and then um, you introduce into the mass spec, and right. then it gets pyrolyzed yeah. uh, into different gases, and then that gas itself is measured for the isotope ratio. Right. So it's 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 once so long as you know how to drive the machine, it's quite hands off. Then you just the machine yes. does all the thinking, but that always, as always, that means that the machine has to be set up the right way and, and calibrated so you can believe the results. Exactly. It all depends on the quality perspective wise, the quality controls, running the machine, everything, the reference gases that they used. Is it right at the right yeah. um, uh, like stability levels? So, and the, whether the source is working perfectly. So, it's really handy to um, like when you know the machine itself rather than giving a sample to run by a technician. A lot of isotope people involved with the machine itself to run by ourselves. Yeah. Because a lot of things has to be set up according to what our priorities are or what our perspective from that, what we are expecting from the machine to perform. So, yeah. You said earlier that, um, that one of the important types of food that 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 this sort of technique um, is useful is for honey, and and manuka honey is has become a very big deal in New Zealand, and there's yeah. been a lot of um, stuff in the media about other places trying to make and market manuka honey and sort of um, undercut yeah. at the brand, as it were. So your PhDs kind of set you up quite nicely for this because I think you you were saying earlier you've now got a job working with honey. Tell us about that a uh, little no, bit. Um, so I'm um, I'm working like uh, so. Manukahani is a main case that is going on. Like actually, my wife is working on it. All right. So yep. Manukahani, yeah, Manukahani part, and my uh, PhD was on milk powder. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then um, they uh, after that, like uh, now, I've started uh, one of the leading. Companies, I think I could I could tell easily that's a leading company in the world for this kind of chemical fingerprinting called Oritain. So um, that is and fortunately that was based in Dunedin, yeah. the, the headquarters. And uh, while I was doing the PhD, I was um, able to get a uh, like when I was uh, uh, trying to preach this chemical fingerprinting methods to help Sri Lankan products like Ceylon tea, mm -hmm. Ceylon cinnamon all these things to authenticate those brands. Um, I was I was engaged with Auritain as well. And soon after I finished up my uh, PhD, I uh, started at Auritain as a mapping investigator. Right. So the long-term goal then is to go back to Sri Lanka and take all these, <laughs> these skills that you've learned home? Um, my, yeah. Um, so, yes, like, because mainly, Dave, like, I want to have a, foothold in New Zealand because as far as I'm in New Zealand, New Zealand people would really have uh, I mean would help me to get this across to Sri Lanka and maybe to South Asia part. And my 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 target is to like uh, help uh, uh, like bridge a real good uh, uh, kind of like a collaboration point of view with Sri Lanka and New Zealand governments. To sort, I mean, to uh, to 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 um, uh, kind of like um, establish avenues for commercial and cultural engagements, and you know, uh, yeah. there is 
there has been a lacking in between New Zealand and uh, Sri Lankan relationships, but I want to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of improve those by uh, making a platform. So the plan is to be a chemist and a politician. <laughs> could be, yeah. I mean, <laughs> which from from my knowledge of you, I could I completely see happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's a really good one. I mean, I just want to become a. My my dream is to become the ambassador yeah. between New Zealand and um, Sri Lanka. So, yeah. Um, so that's pinpoint. You are right, of course. <laughs> well, I think we're just about out of time, Carvey. Thank you so much for um for battling with your internet and and um and doing the Zoom and talking to us about what you've been up to. Um, and Thank all you. the best for the job. Thank you very much. Thank and you your very other endeavours. Um. We'll go out with the second bit of music you've you've um, supplied, and I think this is a, a Sri Lankan one, yeah? This is kind of a mix of folk music and uh, pop music together, kind of like a, to give the Sri Lankan culture in one song. This can actually, I mean, people who love this song can really look for the video. It will give a whole cultural background of Sri Lanka and the friendliness and the, well, the, the warm welcome that we always give for anybody who comes to our country. Nisaravu sansare Oh, 
And thank you everyone for listening. And I'll just remind you that you can listen to the show again next week at the same time and then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website, which is oar.org.nz. Science Notes, brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.